Welcome to this episode of the Greater Phoenix Chambers podcast, Let's Talk Business Phoenix, with me, your host, Todd Sanders, President and CEO of the Greater Phoenix Chamber. In each episode, we tackle important issues and subjects affecting our businesses, our community, and the state today. Through relevant, timely topics, this podcast serves as the business community's voice with the mission of championing business growth, identifying problems that restrict economic development, and conveying community leaders to move Phoenix forward. Let's Talk Business Phoenix was produced in partnership with Ideas Collide, an agency offering a full suite of custom marketing solutions for your brand's unique challenges. Make a connection at ideascollide.com. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We have a great one today. We have Fran Malice, who is the president and CEO of Make-A-Wish Arizona. Hi, Todd. Welcome. Thank you. How nice to have you. It's great to be here. Well, um, you, obviously, you um, are a, a person that most people know around town. But for those of who don't know you, um, maybe aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then one thing about you that we wouldn't find on your bio necessarily. Ooh, Okay. Well, I would say that um, probably most people know me from my career at Cox because I was there for 30 fabulous years. Um, and I was a board member for Make-A-Wish because of the generosity that Cox allowed for us to be on different boards locally and give back in the community. And um, as a board member for six years, the opportunity came about that the former CEO was retiring and it just... For me, Make-A-Wish has just been um, really everything to me for such a long time. And it's because of Cox and a former colleague that I actually got involved and became a volunteer. It was being at the Wish Ball one year, and I'm like, I have to be involved somehow with this organization. And so you you went up the chain of command and said, I really want to be involved? Yeah. So when her board um, was up, her number of years on the board, she recommended that I continue as a Cox representative and ambassador. And I was fortunate enough at that time to meet with the CEO and get the nod that I could become part of the board. So oh, what an awesome yeah. And of course, the support of Cox is, was incredible. Yeah. And still to this day, you know, is incredible. That's the invisible side that most people don't see. They'll, they'll see sort of what, what they use in terms of telecommunication services. But what most people don't understand, a company like Cox, SRP, APS, their reach is so huge in, in Arizona for, for so many organizations. So many organizations. Uh, well, I'm, and I'm glad that, that that was able to happen. So tell us something about you that we wouldn't find on your bio. Um, that I love giraffes. And I feel that um, great leaders possess a lot of the qualities. So I love talking about leading like a giraffe, like sticking your neck out and taking risks. But we only have a few minutes, so I would be here all day talking about giraffes. I like that. Now, is this is this um, a recent thing, um, or you've always liked giraffes? Is this something that even as a little kid, I love giraffes, and maybe that's because I'm vertically challenged. So, <laughs> um, you know, standing at five five, I'm not going to be that you know seven or eight foot person. But I've always been um, really attracted to giraffes, and then it just one thing led to another, and. Then, you know, elephants for the elephant in the room and lions for courage. But, you know, the whole symbolic part of that, making people feel comfortable about being able to, you know, do business a little bit differently than, well, you, you know, the ordinary. You certainly do that very well. Oh, well, thank you. It's fun. Well, so obviously we're all familiar to a certain extent, probably when we see a story in the media with, with Make-A-Wish. But tell us a little bit about the organization. How did it start and, and, and really, you know, how does it work? So one of the things that a lot of people don't know, it started right here in Arizona with a little boy named Chris Gracious who wanted to be a policeman. 
And his mom um, truly started this incredible momentum for kids who were not um, feeling well. And one of the other things is that I think a lot of people think that we are a terminally ill um, organization, but we're not. So we like to say that we grant lasting wishes and not necessarily a last wish because 70% of our kids outlive their diagnosis now because of all the technology and modern medicine and advancements in medicine. It's certainly going through one of those procedures for, for these kids is, is horrific. And for them to have something like this is uh, yeah, life-changing. Because they look forward to knowing that they're going to have something with a wish granted um, in terms of the eligibility. Because our mission and our, well, our vision is to have every child you know, have a wish that's eligible to be, you know, for a wish. So it's, you know, for granting a wish. So it's very exciting to be able to um, do things, particularly not only for the child, but their siblings, their family, and then the community and how involved. That was 43 years ago, 1980. Um, And now we will, hopefully in first quarter, we will surpass 8,000 wishes just right here in Arizona. That's just in Arizona. Just in Arizona. 550,000 wishes have been granted around the world. So, so Chris's mom started some a, a pretty significant thing that, that has she did. She the took, world. unfortunately, you know, a situation that was sad for her um, and heartbreaking and made it this beautiful thing for so many people and so many families, so many kids. Well, so it started here. And then how, how did it expand from Arizona? Uh, well, the first wish obviously was granted here, sure. and then it just continued to grow. So Arizona was the first chapter, and then it did catch on. And the funny thing about Linda um, with her, she was one of the founders. There were four or five others, of course, the, you know, the police chiefs and all the people that got behind it. Um, and they started it with $37.76. So if you ever see Linda and, and she's speaking at an event, she will have an envelope with $37.76. But it just took off because everyone realized the impact that a wish had. And you talked a little bit about it earlier when you said, you know, the things that these families go through. When a child knows that they're going to have a wish, they're going to take their medicine. They're going to want to go to their doctor's appointments because they want to feel well enough to be able to take advantage of um, a beautiful experience with that. And I'm sure psychologically, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's got to be some good medicine. It's great medicine. And I think if you talk to a lot of the doctors, they will tell you it is the best medicine <laughs> that you possibly can have. So how does it work? How does, uh, from start to finish, how does a, a wish work? So um, a child who has a life-threatening disease can be referred, and that's where it starts with a referral. Okay. So, so it could be could, could be a doctor, could be a family member, okay. could be a social worker, uh, could be a teacher. And the eligibility is um, any child who has a life-threatening disease that's between the ages of two and a half and 18 has an opportunity to go through the process. And then we have a whole medical advisory board with things that are Mm -hmm. um, acceptable in terms of what that looks like. And then the fun begins. Then um, our volunteers with our wish granters um, meet with the family, and then they can figure out what their one true wish is just by asking questions, uh, and then they determine what that's going to look like. And I'm sure some kids really kind of have no idea, and other kids are they know that they yeah. want to go to NASA and have a yep. day. In, it's in so space true. Kind of there are some kids that know exactly yeah. what they might want to, you know, have happen, and then others are just trying to figure out what that might be. And we don't want the families to influence it. We truly want it to be the child's wish. What are some of the most unusual? Uh, well, have. one of my, I guess one of my favorite wishes was one that was just about a year ago. And it was for uh, a little boy, Jesse, who wanted a man cave. 
So <laughs> you talk about partnerships, you know, in the community, and obviously the chamber has been incredible as a partner, but the 2030 Club, which is, you know, a men's organization, they rallied behind as a corporate partner and they picked his wish to get involved with. But it was really fun, especially seeing his face when he had this beautiful man cave in the backyard with a foosball table and, you know, a, a loft and a sign that said, you know, no adults allowed, especially <laughs> sisters. So the fun of um, the team putting that together and again, the community coming together. So that's that's been a fun one. But there's shopping sprees. Mm-hmm. There's lots of travel. Um, particularly because of COVID, there wasn't a lot of travel happening again. But now we're seeing travel come back and the partnership with Disney, um, sending kids to Disney World, Disneyland, Hawaii, because there's a Disney property there. Um, but pretty much if you can think it up, you know, for the most part, we want to be able to do it within reason, of course. Well, and, and obviously these are pretty significant uh, exercises. And they're not cheap. They're not $37 anymore. How do you, they how are do, you not, do this? Yeah. You mentioned the community. How do they play we a part? We do. Uh, the community plays a part because there's all kinds of ways to give. So there's in-kind where we go out into the community and we get things donated. But to your point, we are 100% philanthropic, which means that we have to raise every dollar. And a typical wish costs about $10,000 now. Um, a 10, lot, 10000 because a lot of the travel – um, if you have booked anything recently, probably even around the holidays, yes. you know, is more expensive. Um, and then also, you know, hotels and things like that, just the cost of those things, you know, is greater. But we do have to go into the community to get things that are donated um, to help offset some of that. We're not part of any of the um, tax credits and things like that. So it's it's definitely a different exercise. But I'm also guessing there's probably no uh, shortage of people who when they see a, a, a kid who's not well, yes. um, that, that wants some help. We have a very generous community in Phoenix, um, and it's fabulous to have so much support. But yes, when they hear Make-A-Wish and they know that they can actually make a difference in a child's life and for their family, they want to lean in and help. Yeah. And we have an incredible board that, again, is very generous. They give their time, their money, um, their expertise in helping us you know, connect people all over so we've been really, really fortunate. Well, let's get to that because uh, I'm pleased to say you uh, you all were an uh, Impact Award winner. Oh, thank you very much for that. Such a fun day uh, and so well-deserved. But clearly there has to be a lot of organization, a lot of structure, and a lot of rigor that goes on behind the scenes. Talk to us a little bit about the business. Um, I would say in terms of you know just making sure that we do have an impact, um, there definitely is a business model like anything else. Sure. But we have to make sure we're continuing to raise money in order to fund those wishes. And again, we're very fortunate that we have a very large community of supporters that allow for that to happen. Well, and you mentioned your board, um, and there are a lot of boards um, in the Valley that are nonprofit boards. But what? ours really is the best board. Well, I, well, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to challenge each other. But I guess the question is, what makes a good board member? I mean, we're we're all looking for people that can help us further the mission. When you look for a board member, what do you look for? We look for a variety of different things. One is engagement. You know, is there someone who's really going to get behind the mission? Do they love the mission, and why do they really want to be part of it? And a lot of times, there is a personal connection with someone on the board, whether it's someone in their family, or it could be someone that they're really good friends with. It could be a neighbor. It could be, you know, an associate. We find that a lot of times someone that they work with, 
usually they know someone who had a wish. Um, but we do look for um, a variety and diversity. We want to make sure that we have um, different verticals in terms of different categories on the board, just again, because we want that diversity of thinking um, and also know that we look for people that are really giving. But the engagement part is really important. And we're pretty, we set up expectations in terms of what that looks like. So if you're going to be committed to a board member, you know, we want you at the board meetings. Mm-hmm. We want you on a committee of your choice. You know, sure. there's a variety of different things that you can do that there's usually something in terms of their growth. You know, maybe they're not a marketer, but they decide, well, I'm going to be on the marketing committee because I want to learn more about that. Or maybe someone wants to be on the finance committee because they want to learn more, you know, about P&Ls and things like that and how, you know, a nonprofit works. So we do look for things like that, but there's a commitment. They have to be at the wish ball um, and they also have to raise a significant amount of money and personally, and also what we call a get where they're going to give a get. Yeah, but it's both. But we believe that you have to have a personal give because then we know you're committed and that you're there for all the right reasons. And given that you have people probably in the the spectrum economically, I'm assuming it's more about what's meaningful to you. Absolutely. And then we also have what are called our wishmaker councils, which is um, a different level of giving with a give get. And it typically is more of a young professional group. Um, and then, of course, we have 500 plus volunteers in the state of Arizona. 500. So we, yes, we cannot do anything without volunteers and an amazing team, you know, at Make-A-Wish. And so, also Make-A-Wish America is headquartered here. And they are incredible in terms of the support that they give us. So if a business owner is watching this and or, or listening to this and wants to get involved, what's the best way to do that? Thinking, well, I don't know, we... We sell barbed wire, for instance. How could we help? Uh, we probably have a need for barbed wire, okay. Todd, okay. Um, because we do a lot of redos in the backyards and also room redos. Um, I would say contact us. So that's the first step is, you know, giving us a call or, you know, going to the website and getting more information and then really seeing how that, you know, how you could fit in. I mean, we have wish granters that come in as volunteers. We also have thankathons on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We also have building of furniture. I mean, it's incredible um, in terms of the need that we have with having stuff done because the faster we can build things and the faster we can do um, all of that, the faster we can grant wishes. Because it does take, you know, between seven and 12 months to grant a wish. Oh, so there's a lot behind yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot behind it. Okay. There's just the number of calls we make to vendors that are helping us and partners, the number of calls to the family, um, going back with the medical. Because a lot of times, you know, when children are going through their treatments, they might get ready for a wish, but unfortunately, they might have a setback where, mm-hmm. you know, we have to either cancel something or postpone something. So it is a long process, but one that is definitely worth it. So what I'm hearing, and, and this is probably a lot more substantial than I had imagined, is that there are a lot of moving parts. And there, there it's are. very complicated from a logistical perspective, but also from an economic perspective and so on and so forth. It's going to require the right person at the helm, which is you. What's your leadership style? Um, I love uh, being able to empower people and get the heck out of the way. So let people do what they need to do, hiring the right people for the right jobs. I was really fortunate. There was a great foundation and a lot of incredible people that have been working at Make-A-Wish, some for a year, some for, you know, seven or eight years. Um, But I really do try to just be supportive and make sure that I can get all the obstacles out of the way um, and just be there to find out whatever they need. Uh, do a lot of listening tours, you know, making sure that our culture 
is one that's really thriving, um, very people-focused, so making sure that we have a plan for our team so that they can continue to grow. We do IDPs, independent development plans, so that everyone um, truly does have a career path too. We want to make sure that they want, they truly want to stay and we want to retain our very best talent. And so when you talk about culture, what would you say that looks like? Well, how would you define the culture? I would say just people focused. I mean, we're always making sure that we are doing the right thing. Um, we're really want people's opinions and ideas and their thoughts about how we can continue to do things better and better. Um, love great ideas. And most of them come from our frontline employees. So it's really fun to be able to have that connectivity too. And we have a lot of fun. And what's the toughest part of the job? Uh, I would say probably the toughest part is just wanting to get things done sooner than we actually can get them done. So I think it's that patience of making sure that we can have, you know, everything done and doing it quicker. Well, that'd be part of the magic wand, getting, <laughs> getting more wishes granted quicker. Do you have any more of those? Uh, I think we'll find one for you. Okay. Um, so clearly it, you know, we can understand why you were uh, a winner of the Impact Awards. Thinking about other companies that are looking at perhaps getting nominated or nominating themselves for that, why should they think about nominating uh, themselves? Well, there are so many great organizations out there. Um, think about the impact that you have in the community. Tell your story, right, because it's contagious. So make sure that everyone is seeing all the good work that you're doing. I always like to say it's getting caught in the act of doing something good. <laughs> so that to me is the spirit of what an impact award is all about. But people want to help. And I think it's just a great opportunity for the community to come together. And uh, just from my past days at Cox Media, our thing was better together. I mean, that's what it's all about. Everyone really coming together as a community and helping each other out and supporting each other. One of the, the criticisms that I hear about us, the nonprofit world, is that there's a lot of silos and that, and, and not necessarily a lot of collaboration. You are known as someone who collaborates yeah. well, and I'm sure your funders appreciate that as well as your board. Talk to us about what's the secret there. Well, I think I think the the magic formula, or the magic wand, is really making sure that you are collaborating. We could not do it without you. I mean, Todd, you have been incredible in the support that we get. But we have medical, you know, just in the medical community, the doctors, um, the different, look at Phoenix Children's Hospital, yeah. Banner, just to name a few. We would not get referrals if we didn't have partnerships there. And then you look at the Amanda Hopes and you look at the Ronald McDonald House. I mean, our children that have cancer, because that's one of our qualifying you know, illnesses, we couldn't do it without everybody. So just knowing that we can lean in uh, and have those partnerships is so key to all of us in having that success. I mean, who doesn't want to help, you know, grant a wish for a child, but we could never do it without, it takes everybody to make it happen. But it takes a strong leader to do it. Well, and we have a great leadership. We have great people. So that's very nice of you. But honestly, I, I wake up every morning because I can't wait to get to work. Looking ahead, what are, what are some of your goals the, for the organization and your, and, and your team as you move forward? So more of the same and, and some more. Um, one would be that we are very focused on another record-breaking year. So um, one of the things that we were able to do is we granted 424 wishes. Um, and we are set up to do a minimum of 450 for this coming year. Uh, and then, of course, raise enough money to be able to make sure that that happens. But we are very, very committed to making sure that every eligible child can be uh, granted a wish. And that means going into the underserved communities and underrepresented. 
that is a very big focus for us this year. And we've expanded statewide. So we now have um, a few additional employees in Southern Arizona and Northern Arizona so that we can make sure that that happens. Um, but we're super excited about that. And we are not stopping until every single child in Arizona is granted a wish. Well, it's great to hear that zip code's not going to be a deterrent anymore. Well, and you know what? You can't determine illness by zip code mm-hmm. either. No, it so doesn't it's, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. So how do you deal with, for instance, non-native speakers uh, and, and kids who maybe don't speak English and want to wish? Yeah. Well, one way to do it is you hire bilingual um, or trilingual employees, and that's exactly what we've just done. So all of our um, really, truly, probably the last five or six hires have either been bilingual or trilingual. So it's very important that we do communicate. And we're also building, of course, with your help as well, just making sure that we're in the communities that we serve. Um, and that's been a really big focus for the past, you know, six to eight months. And we're making some, we're making some ways we're getting some traction. Absolutely. Um, and then looking around the corner, 10 years from now, where do you want to, where do you want the organization to be? Um, in great financial shape so that in perpetuity we can grant wishes. Um, so those are the things that we think about and, uh, it's really important because you know what, beyond myself and the team that's there today, we want to make sure that we set up the best for the future and make sure, again, that we are, we're going to have, be able to grant wishes forever. Make Chris's mom proud. And make right? her proud and keep the legacy going. Absolutely. Well, what, what, if, what is something about Make-A-Wish that you wish that people knew that they don't know? Um, I think it goes back to, again, it started here. So yeah. everybody has a lot to be proud of in Arizona, um, that we are a lasting wish, not necessarily a last wish. Um, and that the impact and the power of a wish and what it does for the family, um, especially the siblings and, again, the community coming together, there is nothing like it. So those yeah. are really the big things. Well, I think it's a, a good point because I think people do have that, that notion that maybe it's for kids who are just terminal um, and it's for kids who are sick. Yeah. And there's not a day that goes by that we do not – that someone doesn't think that. And mm-hmm. even as a former board member, um, I thought that. So we have a lot of work still to do to continue to tell that story, but this is a great opportunity to be able to do that. Okay. So thank you. Well, and then the focus on on the family and uh, the siblings because yeah. they're they're suffering just as much, and to be able to have a a, a day or two or whatever um, to forget about it, I think must be um, a, re- a real game changer. It really is a game changer, and again, it really makes a difference. Well, I want to thank you for spending so much time with us oh, today. Thank you. Um, we're going to do a quick lightning round. Uh, you obviously have a fascinating background. What was your first job? My first job uh, was babysitting. <laughs> and what and did then you camp, learn? And then camp counselor. Um, I learned that I wanted to wait to have kids for a very long time. So Okay. <laughs> but it was great to have them. So no, all right. that's all. I'm just kidding. But that was really my first job was babysitting. You know, you learn a lot of responsibility you do. You do. because you're having to – be in charge of this human being, you know, at 13 or 14 years old, you're like, wait a second, you're going to leave me alone with this child. (laughs) I'm not qualified. But it prepared me, I guess, to be a mom. Okay. And now we're going to go to a different, we're going to go a different way. First concert. Elton John, Madison Square Garden. That you said that with a lot of pride, yes. and rightfully so. Well, uh, my parents had to drop us off, and then another parent picked us up. So that's why <laughs> so I remember cool. it like it was uh, yesterday. Okay, and if if I had the power, which I don't, if you had a magic, wo- to, a magic if I had wand, your magic wand, and could give you a wish, what would it be? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I love what one of the doctors always say. Um, but they say that, you know, the next wish is always the best wish. But if I had my own personal yes. wish, um, and I will share something that uh, a lot of people at my office and who are very friendly with me, I love Virgin River on Netflix. And I happen to be very fond of the of their main character, Jack Sheridan. So I would like to go on set and hang out with Jack and Mel and uh, have fun with them Maybe in like Vancouver. A Absolutely. Even yeah. if I'm just walking past them and waving, it would well, be it would be perfect. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you for spending so much time with uh, us and, and for your leadership and for everything you're doing. I oh my it's gosh. astounding to think about the impact you're having every single year and it's growing. So oh, thank uh, we'll you. Look and back to at more. you. Uh, thank you so much. You bet.